Welcome to track number five of building a multiple mega church. Amen. <laughs> we don't have time, so number seven. Number one is what? Hurt. Number two is what? Brother, you there? You. His head is going down. You. You. Yeah. Good. Good. Where's your pen? Are you a member of this church? You thought we were coming to pray. Oh. Sorry. Good. Number one is what? Number two is what? Number three is what? Praised in town, isn't it? Number four is what? Deceived by the praise. What did you have there? What do you say? No, deceived by your praise. Then you are deceived by the praise. But the praise is what? Everybody is deceived or fooled by praises. Everybody is deceived by it. You have to be deceived by the popularity you seem to be getting as a, a singer, as a musician, as a ministry shepherd, as a pastor, as an assistant pastor, it has to get into your head and affect you. Alright? You feel that you are the nice person. Amen. Amen. The next one is what? Undermining or what? Receiving complaints. A receiver of complaints. Chronic receiver of complaints. You are practicing what? What? That passage is in what? Absalomia. Write it in your book, Receiving of Complaint. The next one is what? Stealing the hearts of the people. Please underline that verse in your Bible. Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Underline just that place or asterisk so that you see that particular phrase. So Absalom stole the heart. Don't have to underline the whole thing. Just see that Absalom stole the hearts of the people. Amen. The next one, number six, number seven, is the simplicity of the masses. Simplicity. Simplicity. Amen. Second Samuel chapter 15 and verse 11. And with Absalom went 200 men out of Jerusalem that were called and they went in their simplicity and they knew not anything underline it they went in their simplicity and knew not anything many people are so simple they don't know amen they went in their simplicity and that is why any time a person rebels or rebels or rebels you will get some people to follow him. Sometimes you even get a large crowd. I know in a certain church, there's a, a, a great evangelist in, in, in Ghana who, you know, does so many miracles and so on. And he was ministering under the banner of a, of a certain church. And now he has left that church. And everywhere he goes, do you understand? He goes to the places that he used to minister. He goes back to the, Listen to me, everybody, I want your attention. Look up. Don't put your head like this, please. A, a lady shouldn't behave like that. Amen. Don't put your head like that. We are closing just now. 
The Bible, I said the Bible. So this, listen carefully. So this evangelist, so this evangelist now goes back. It's like how Reverend Stood has been coming here. We've had him every year for some years, and he's coming back in October. So now, after he had left the banner of those churches, he goes back to those churches where he was ministering. I know he's done this in Germany, in Holland, in several of these places. And when he goes there, the churches divide virtually into two, or even sometimes the majority of the church move out of the established church and come to this man, and this man establishes a church with those people. So that within a few weeks of starting his ministry, Maybe he has about 30 churches. How many years has it taken us to have 30 churches? Huh? So many years. I've been a pastor for 10 years on the 1st of January. 10 years of working. And, and within maybe 6 weeks, you have 30 churches. The simplicity of the masses. People say, ah, but the man is anointed. Why don't you want the anointed man to, to come again? Why? Oh, Charlie, make you no mind then. Let's go. Then we go and follow the anointed man. It's true. People are simple. People are people don't know. Say, ah, there is a problem between the head pastor and the and the man. There is no, if you uh, grow up a little, you realize that when the prodigal son was going away from his father, there was no problem between the prodigal son and his father. There was a problem where? With who? Did somebody come, relative come and say, Oh, I think you and your son, you need to get together and sit down. Talk things over and sort things out between you. Come on, listen to it. Get just sort things out. No, the Bible says he came when he came to his senses. The foolish boy, when he came to his senses, he has to realize and then come and say to his father, "I have sinned. I have done something wrong." But but the masses don't see things like that. The masses see things in another way. Amen. People are simple. People are simple-minded. And that's why, so, so you can have like somebody, somebody like, uh, 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 I remember one man of God, just the same thing that I'm describing in Accra. He was coming to Accra, holding meetings at a certain church. Then, after a while, he goes to start a church just by the church that he has been coming to all this time. And you know, when you are a visiting preacher, it's different from when you stay with the people. When you are a visiting preacher, people love you in a certain way. Oh, I know a certain church. The Members in the church, they rose up together and bought an expensive car for the visiting preacher. Ah, what did you say? I said, did their pastor have a car? No, what did you, what did you say at first? What about their pastor? No, yes, yes. What about the pastor? That's a good question. Can you imagine the person who is going to, let's say like I'm ministering to you all the time, Pastor Paddy comes to minister. How many were here when Pastor Paddy was So we are very happy. So then a group of you decided, in fact, let's, let's really do something for Pastor Paddy. In fact, we are really blessed. Okay? So then you get together and what do you do? We decide to do what? Can you buy a car? No, say, okay, let, let's, let's, let's get together offerings from all the shepherds. Okay? Put some offerings together and go and bless this man. We know that the church will give him some honorarium or whatever, but we, we the shepherds of light, we are so blessed. We want to give this man, let's, let's try and get about one million CDs and, and go and bless him. What about me and I'm ministering to you here? That I've been here with you from Wednesday day and night, day and night, talking to you constantly. Then you go and you are going to give to the guest visiting preacher. 
But it happens. Because people are simple. They don't know that if the church was not built by the person, there would be nobody, no place for you to come and minister. And I remember once talking to a pastor to whom this had happened. He was, he was, he was, he was quite hurt. And rightly so, because you are with the people. They've never organized themselves together to come and buy such an expensive thing for you. But they are organizing to come and buy for somebody whom you have been inviting and introducing as a great man and have made people... Do you know that if I don't believe somebody, the person cannot be here? And if even I'm inviting the person and I introduce the person in a certain way, he can't flow. Oh, you don't know that? The person's flow will be according to my introduction. If I come and say, well, there is a brother here. I don't know much about him. And he will tell you more about himself as he comes. Shall we welcome uh, this uh, pastor? What's the name? Uh, Mills. Shall we welcome Pastor Mills? One pastor was telling me, he went to preach somewhere, and the, the, the person who was invited said, well, I don't know much about him. I was telling him my experience, and he also began to tell me his experience. Well, I don't know much about him. His wife will tell you more about him. So they invited so the wife to come. So the wife should introduce her, the husband. I remember that day when I was in Jesus and I was standing in front of the church. It is only because of experience in preaching. When you are very experienced in preaching, you, you, you know how to flow in and out of environments. And just to overcome certain things. There are certain tricks that you can show. When you come to a very hard environment, they are saying, one of the things, if you are preaching in a difficult climate, just shout in tongues to the microphone at the people. The whole atmosphere will change. It's a trick. When you go in the place, it's highly somewhere. Suddenly, everything will be different. You write it down. Remember it one day. <laughs> Amen. So people are simple. People, sometimes people feel that, is that man who is a blessing to me? You know that sometimes the person who is training you, you don't even notice that he's doing anything to you. People are saying, oh, this is nice. David has, look at David. David established, huh? David established the kingdom. And that is how his son was there in town in peace. David, has, Saul has been fighting wars for many years. David just comes one day and kills one person. Suddenly the women begin to shout. Saul has killed his thousands. David has killed tens of thousands. <laughs> People are somewhere. Simple-minded. And that is why any pastor who rebels in this church, if any pastor here rebels and behave, misbehaves, you will by all means have some people following him. Usually the most mature people don't follow such a person. Because the more mature you are, you understand what is going wrong. It's the same thing that keeps happening over and over again. Usually the most mature people will not follow the person. But you will get some people. The simplicity of the masses. As the person sitting next to you, are you simple? What did they say? Where are we? Second Samuel. Then the next thing is a strong conspiracy. Amen. Strong conspiracy. 
Strong conspiracy means a lot of people are involved. People are talking. People are saying this within the choir. Within your little church at Takradi, within your little church at Kumasi, people have said this, people have said that, people have said that, people have said that. They said the way she talks. How many of leaders, you have had somebody be angry with you about the way you talk? Your right hand lifted up high. Your right hand lifted up high. Somebody came to somebody said, eh? The way, the way, the way, the way she talks. Someone said, uh, when, when they were coming for exams, after, after, when it's time for exams, do you understand? He said, uh, you know, some of you, you think you are coming late. Every time the exams are, you fail your exams. Now, in a certain sense, the person is trying to give a certain message. You can either see it as the person is cursing you. And then you, the assistant, when the person comes to complain to you, you say, ah, you are cursing all the members in the group. And so when the person comes to complain, you receive and say, ah, yes, my leader has been cursing the members. You are not wise. You have not understood. Because you too, one day you could be preaching easily and say something like that. Look, it serve the Lord. Put God first and then you pass your exams. And when somebody comes to come and say, ah, yeah, they are, yeah, 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 cursing the members. Oh, well, the, way, the way he curses the members, he curses them, he shouts at them. That is how you want to see it. Who is cursing who? We are, always, are we cursing? Would we curse our sheep? Why, why would, Pastor Kinsey, would you ever curse your sheep? Nonsense. What reason would you want to curse your sheep? You when you think about it, but you are trying to create a conspiracy. And then the last feature of Absalomia. Is what I call the mother of all mistakes. <laughs> Write it down. The mother of all mistakes huh? is the mother of all mistakes. When you make the mother of all mistakes, and that is to actually rebel and move out of your position. The mother of all mistakes to move out of your God-given position. Amen. That is a big mistake. Sometimes God has set you somewhere nicely. Stay and flourish there and rise in the normal progression that God will lift you up. But then you say, ah, I want to be David. That is not how to become a king. Amen. Amen. All right, Bridget Marion, that's not how to become a king. You don't become kings like that. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet, everybody. When you're going to launch your cassette because people have been clapping, you know that look. It happened to Absalom. <laughs> I don't want to deceive myself. Amen. amen. Oh, I said amen. amen. You want some more keys? Yes. When you get the key, what will you do with it? Yes. When you open the door, where will you go? Yes. Huh? Yes. More what? Yes. More blessings. Yes. More work. Amen. The next key. Number your members. Number your members. Number your members. Hallelujah. Number your members. Tell somebody say number your members. Amen. Amen. You must count your members. And number them. Amen. Amen. Can I hear you please? Yes. Fifteen reasons why you must number your sheep. 
<laughs> Number one, numbering was done in the Old Testament. Do you know that there's a whole book of the Old Testament called Numbers? Just numbers, numbers of this, numbers of that, numbers of this, numbers of that, numbers of that, numbers of tribes, numbers of members, numbers of this, numbers of that. Amen. It's very, very important. Hallelujah. So numbering was done in the Old Testament. Amen. So we've got to practice numbering. Amen. Because we are looking and behaving as they behave in the Bible. Number two, numbering was done in the New Testament. Amen. Well, did they number in the New Testament? How many numbers were saved on the day of Pentecost? 3,000. The next time they had a crusade, how many people were saved? 5,000. And how many women and children? Uncountable. After the women, they knew that they would be saved. Because the women, they easily believe. Amen. They are more sensitive to the Holy Ghost. So we knew, but it's the men who are more logical and difficult. So we counted the number of men that were saved. 3,000 is a large number. Amen. So the numbering was done in the New Testament. Number three, numbering lets you know where you are. Numbering lets you know where you are. Hallelujah. Do you know you need to know where you are? You need to know where you are so that you know where you're going. As shepherds, you need to know, I have 14 sheep. So that you know where you are, where you are not. Amen. Numbering shows you realities. Hallelujah. It shows you realities. Do you know that some things are real? That's the real. You know, people ask how many members are there? How many, how many people, how many members do you think we have at Lighthouse Cathedral? Huh? Those of you who come to church on Sunday, Teku, how many? How many? Who, who, where, where do you, who's that? Yes? 5,000. 5,000 what? Come, members. I mean, okay, how many people do you think come to church on Sunday? Huh? 7,000? 1,005? 2,000? Yeah, first, second, third service. About 2,000? 1,005? 3,000? You know, there was a time, so one day I asked them to go and count the chairs. One day, some, some time ago, some couple of years, I said, go and count the chairs. Where is BBI? It was BBI asked to go and count the chairs. The head usher. At that time, he was the head usher. I asked him to go and count the chairs. When he counted the chairs, he came back. I said, how many chairs? Okay. <laughs> you know, and that time, you think that you are, you know, mega whatever. 890 something. That was the number of chairs. So that if the place is not full, even those 890 whatever chairs are not occupied. And, and at that time, even before that, when we first moved to 
uh, what do you call it? I went to London and I met a brother. The brother said, Hey, I hear Lighthouse. A certain sister Claire has just come from Ghana. She said, Lighthouse. She was at the convention and there were more than 7,000 people at the convention. I said, Eh. But I didn't correct him. I said, Oh, we thank the Lord. We thank the Lord. We thank the Lord. <laughs> Seven thousand. Do you know what is seven thousand? How many people does Accra Sports Stadium seat? Huh? Thirty-five thousand. Twenty thousand. How, how many have watched Lift Him Up before? Lift Him Up. How many people are in that video? Two thousand. Two thousand, two thousand. Oh, it, 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 almost two thousand. That's lift him up. This one, the latest, uh, this thing by Ron Kenoli. How much is that? How many people was that? That was about. That was about almost ten thousand. That church, Carpenter's Home Church, sees about sees a lot of people. Fred Price's church. I was watching with Fred Price's church, his new church. You see, he, the, it sees ten thousand and something people. And the church doesn't get full. He himself, one day he was preaching, say, oh, you have built a big church, you don't come. <laughs> you, don't, you don't come all of you don't come on Sunday. He was telling the people facing them, hey, we have built a big church, unreliable, we have built this big thing, and he don't come to the church. You have more than 16,000 people who have written their names that they are members, but they don't come. Mousy. So when you number, then you know the realities ahead. Charlie, in reality, eh, we are nowhere. And you know that in reality, we are nowhere. The truth of the matter is that in reality, we are nowhere. Praise. Are you tired? Even if you are tired, we are pressing on. Amen. Numbering shows you the realities. Amen. You've got to number your sheep. Count them. Know that, look, we are only nine. We are about 30. Nine people have become 30. About. Number. Numbering checks backsliding. When you count your sheep, you actually count them. You will Check yourself when you are backsliding. So you know that, Charlie, we are reducing, clearly decreasing. Amen. In fact, Yonggi Cho, when I went to Korea recently, they gave us the exact number. They said we have, we have 690-something thousand members. When I went for a meeting, they said our auditorium seats 11,800 people. They didn't say 12,000. It said 11,800. Specific. And he said, we have 609. Then he said, fellowships. We have so many number of fellowships. It's very important. It helps you to know what you are actually doing. It helps you. Text, it texts you when you are going down. Amen. And many times as a church, the church just begins to go down. And when you know that, look, Charlie, we are actually 200. We actually say, oh, this way we are about 300. 
Look, I'll tell you, a thousand people can fit where 200 people can fit. And you can always let the church look full. So numbering your sheep is very important. Amen. Amen. How many do we have? Number six. Numbering stimulates growth. When you number your sheep, huh, it makes you grow. Some of you shepherds are backslidden shepherds. Your ministries are so backslidden. They have reduced so much from what it used to be. If you were to have numbered it, and you know that now we, are, we used to be 60 on, on Thursday, and now we're only 22, you yourself will be stimulated to, to, to rise up and do something to let the thing grow. But because you don't number, you don't care, you don't care, you don't even know. And it doesn't even bother you. You just say, oh, today there were a lot of people. Yeah, last week there were not a lot of people. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Very good. How many do we have? Six. Numbering brings encouragement. Sometimes when you number your people, that you really be encouraged. Write it down, everybody. Write your notes. Write it down. Numbering brings encouragement. Hallelujah. Sometimes when you number the people, then you rather be encouraged. Amen. Or you think most of the time numbering brings discouragement. Huh? Yes, sometimes it brings discouragement. But sometimes it brings encouragement. You'll be surprised. Amen. You may be surprised when you actually count. You know, I was wondering how, how many people are here today? Huh? How many? What do you say? 500? What do you say? 1,000? You people are, you are beginning used to numbers. How many will you say are here? Angie? 400. One of this up to the end is 18. And there are 11. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 10 times. Uh, and 18 is here times 2. 36. Times 11. It's getting to 400. Plus the people who have squeezed 3. But even that one can have about 500, 600. Count the thing. And you will know the actual real figures that you are dealing with. Amen. And we have got to become more professional numbers. Amen. How many do you have? Seven. Number eight. Numbering generates vision. Amen. It generates a vision. Say, look, I'm going to have more. When, when, you know, I was encouraged when they counted the church. I asked them, count the number of churches. Before we came to the camp, I said, count the number of churches we have. And they counted, we have 40 churches. I was surprised. I thought, I, I still don't believe it. I want to sit down with them and count it again. But it brings, and now that we have 40, we want to have 100, isn't it? Yeah. Do we want to have 100 churches? Yeah. Tell somebody said, numbering generates a vision. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Number, number, numbering generates compassion. Compassion. Amen. Compassion. You, you, when you number, you realize that, ah, we are so few, and there are so many souls out there. You begin to have compassion for the souls to be saved. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And so, numbering generates the compassion that we need to be able to do the work of God. When I count and I look and I count the charismatic churches and I count the souls, I, 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 compassion begins to rise up within me. 
I know that if I, we've done nothing, we are doing nothing, we need to rise up and do what we have to do. How many do you have? Numbering makes you dissatisfied with smallness. Amen. It makes you dissatisfied with smallness. Pastors, shepherds, tell your people, when you go back, you people go and repeat all these things that I'm saying in church. Amen. Go and say them again. Hallelujah. They are very important. Go and teach them. Teach them to yourself. Say it over again. Teach your members. Reteach your shepherds. Numbering does what? It makes you dissatisfied with smallness. Hallelujah. When you can say that we are 12, we are 12, we are 12. What is this 12? What is 12? I want to say, oh, a lot of people came. And when a lot of people came, because in a small room, when a lot of people come, 12. This room can sit 1,000 people, but because the chairs have been fixed the way they are, so you say, oh, a lot of people, the whole place is full. Uh, this same room can sit 1,000 people. We can double it. Because everywhere where there's a chair, there's a table, there can be a chair. Amen? So it makes you dissatisfied with Number 11, we are almost finishing. Numbering makes you pray. Numbering makes you pray. Is it true? Is it not true? Hey, number that she's been such a I've got to pray. How I pray on Sundays, eh? on Saturdays. Tell me someone say, how I pray on Saturdays. I really pray. I tell you, when I come and I see the people, I say, yay. Chile, it makes you pray. Amen. Turn to someone and say, numbering makes you pray. How many do you have? Number 12, numbering makes you fast. Mina, is it not the truth? Numbering, when you number, I say, Chile, you have few. You have to fast and pray that God himself will move. <laughs> Amen. Numbering makes you fast. Tell to somebody as a person, when you number, is it making you fast? Number numbering makes you visit. <laughs> numbering makes you visit. Isn't it? Yeah, it was like telling where are the people? Where are they? Numbering, I said, when you number the people, you can after Sunday you rush to all their houses. How many have experienced that before? You just go and say, Chale, where are the people? Where are the people? Numbering makes you visit. It's very important. I'm giving you 15 reasons why what? You must number your sheep. Amen. All right? Number 12, num- number 14, numbering makes you judge yourself. Sometimes it's your own life that is some way. Amen. And, and you realize that because of what you are not doing right, not doing this, no, it makes you judge yourself. And you deal with yourself by just looking at the way things are going. Amen. Amen. And last, numbering makes you monitor increase or decrease. Monitor to, co- to watch yourself over the years. 
numbering makes you monitor increase or decrease. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. What are the 15 reasons why you need to number your sheep? Number one. It was done where? Number two. Number three. Number three lets you know. Number four. It shows you what? The realities. Is it true? Number five. No, say numbering whatever. Number five. Numbering checks backsliding. Number six. Numbering stimulates growth. Does it stimulate growth? Number seven. Numbering brings encouragement. Hallelujah. Isn't it? When I asked, I asked, Mata Heko Church, how many members do you have? How many members do you have? You told us about 140 members. When you calm the people, when you calm the people, sometimes you can be so encouraged, realize that, Charlie, it's worth it all. 140 souls, at least when you get to heaven, some at least silver or bronze medal will meet you there at the gates. Amen. You see, at least a silver or bronze. How many of you agree that 140 members, you'll get some bronze or silver? Gold. Hey, so if you have a thousand members, well, what medal are you going to get? Huh? Crown. <laughs> Numbering brings encouragement. Amen. All right. Next one is what? Numbering generates vision. When you realize that you are 140. Matahiko Church, how many do you want to be now? How many do you want to be for 140? 500. Yeah, exactly. You can have 500 members. Clap for that vision. You want to have 140, you can have 500. If you have 140, you can have 500. The only reason that I'm believing God for 10,000, because if we have about 2,000 people coming to church physically, then it means we can have 10,000. It's possible. That, otherwise, I would not have that vision of 10,000. I'm believing God for 10,000 attendance. attendance. Sunday morning, 10,000 attendance. But it's because we have, we have about 2,000 coming, actually, who actually arrive. And there's some more thousands who don't arrive. And who are associated with us. All right? So, numbering generates what? It generates what? Next one. Numbering generates compassion. You feel sorry for the souls that need to be saved, isn't it? Number 10. Numbering makes you dissatisfied with smallness. Amen. 
All right, because you really realize how small you are. Next one is what? Numbering, is it true? Does numbering make you pray? Yes. Does it really make you pray? Yes. What is the next one? Numbering makes you fast. Fast. Amen. Amen. Numbering makes you fast. You, I tell you, you yourself will sentence yourself to fasting. You look at the way things are going to say, Charlie, we have to fast. We've got to fast. Next one is what? Numbering makes you visit. Is, he, is it true? Very, very true. Next one. Numbering makes you judge yourself. And the last one. Numbering makes you monitor increase or decrease. Hallelujah. We will continue. We are going to talk about important shepherdorial numbers. I'm going to give you about 20 important numbers that you must count. Amen. As a shepherd. But we will do that after breakfast. Give the Lord a clap offering. Amen. Stand to your feet. Take us, Lord, deeper. Let us be deep, Lord, in you. For deep calleth unto deep. In Jesus' name. Amen. This message continues on the next track. Keep listening.